Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Runners World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben me. Hobson. Ooh. Jane, come on. I forgot you were here, Ben. She's gone rogue. She's gone fucking rogue. She's stepping we're up so the order. Pro- what, what, what episode is it? Episode oh is like what, 134 or something. The oh intro. Oh, God. That's good. Okay, no, I like that. Oh, my God. Sorry, I was so excited to start talking She just wants to, to start talking. She just wants to get in there. Um, Jane, are you, uh, are you training for a marathon or something? Um, God, I don't know how to recover from fucking up the end. I can't have now just sworn. Wow. Oh my God. There's a reason why you should have made me leave the podcast, guys. Um, yeah, I'm, I am marathon training. I'm also, um, yeah, just really tired today. I think my brain's not working properly. But hi, everyone on the podcast. Too many, too many, too many miles and Hello. too many weddings, Jane. I think that's too many your... miles, too many weddings. Too... Oh, is that the is that the follow up to four weddings and a yeah. funeral? Yeah, is it? Really two, wed- of... two weddings and a marathon. Is... Straight to DVD. Eh? <laughs> yeah, Jane, um... Jane, a listener, a listener had got in touch with you because uh, we a while ago we talked about you doing <laughs> London and Chicago. We and, talked about uh... doing two weddings and two marathons, but unfortunately, some very nice listener pointed out that the travel corridor isn't actually open so you can't do chicago so it doesn't look if you want to. unless biden has a change of heart in the or unless that listener was wrong he's a listener he's a listener yeah, to this. so unless the the listener was wrong or joe biden's listening and feels sorry for me um i can't actually go to chicago and i think even if the travel corridor opens it might involve some sort of quarantine where so you're leaving tomorrow we, you, then I won't be able to run London. So it's kind of like, yeah. I don't think it's looking very likely, guys. And I wouldn't have known that until I got to Heathrow. So I'm really glad that oh, someone's that you, done. Wouldn't have, you wouldn't have checked. You would have just gone, this will be I fine. Go. I've got this an is... Esther or whatever it's called. Here I, here I come. Um, so, so really glad that someone that, someone out there has my, has my back and has kind of lowered my expectation and I'm I've, I'm a bit relieved to be honest I think that's good you can throw all everything at, um, at London throw now throw all my eggs into that London Marathon basket um, and there has been some London Marathon news hasn't there that um, there's no there, there is a bag drop but there's a different bag drop this year and there's no yep. paces and they're oh. telling you to only bring one spectator per mm-hmm. runner so I think I think there's a lot of kind of a bit of a stress around it I've seen on Twitter yeah, it's a big stress. I mean, I mean, and I would say, um, first time in Rick as a pacer, as a man who's worn the the the, the had the privilege of yeah, carrying, won, won the flag the last uh, three London marathons. I think it's yeah. a bit, it's a it's the first. We I asked Andy, the editor in chief, how long we've been doing the pacing, and he was sort of he was like ninety percent sure it started in like two thousand. So it's like twenty years. Wow. Of. 20, Twenty years of pacing, pacing. and it, yeah, and it's a, it's a massive it is a massive um, privilege to do it. And I know lots of the pacers who uh, do it every year. You know, I got well, know, a lot of the runners not to, people rely yeah. on those things. To be doing it, and yeah, and the runners as well. And it's um, 
yeah, it's so it's become part of the the fabric of um mm. of the race. Um, but I guess yeah, we're still kind of you know I guess we're not in lockdown anymore. Mm. But some of these kind of sort of hangovers from lockdown are still there and i think it's about kind of you know we don't want bunching around certain people's yeah i think as well with the paint the way they're doing the waves it would be so impossible yeah yeah to even put you'd have to have more paces wouldn't you because if there's such a big gap you want to get forty thousand people running together or you know and Mm. make it as safe as possible obviously people are going to be annoyed by there not being flags but at the same time you're getting to do a race so probably just accept it that it's quite nice that you can do yeah that. i think you're right we're still we're still kind of in that transition period aren't we and races are a part of that but yeah it's a shame definitely you know it's a shame of course but like f- at one point it was yeah it was never gonna happen so i think that there's you know yeah i hear, I, I hear you yeah. it's a triumph yeah. that's happening remember but, when yeah. we couldn't go outside Let's remember when <laughs> we weren't allowed to do anything <laughs> do you remember when it was winter and it was horrible and bleak yeah it's not that anymore so let's just enjoy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just enjoy running. Um, I'll throw you with a bit of news. I'm uh, penning the uh, first mar- album about the marathon oh, concept Jesus. album. Jay Maguire, <laughs> initial thoughts. The face. I'm I mean, confused. no one's no one to see it, but it's 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 so stunned that it's almost like the yeah. screen is frozen. Um, I mean, lead single. Out I used later to this have month. these chats with Rick and Ben every day, and now they're condensed into once a week. So I don't know if you're joking. No, I'm not. Jo- I'm not joking. I probably sh- I probably should be joking, but um hopefully we'll, we'll air the lead single um at the end of this month uh, on the podcast oh, wow. w- you know world exclusive um, eight tracks jane eight no 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 I, I, I think that's 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 not true i think it's going to be seven. Oh, sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> it's getting shorter and shorter Good. seven at tracks least, at least it's not 26.2 at least not 26.2 it's yeah. uh, so for the listener who like me are a bit confused you're gonna make an album of songs about marathon running and yeah, play yeah, them on the yeah. podcast. it's kind of about um, okay. it's about the history of the marathon so it's looking at sort of some of the big events you know throughout the years and also some conceptual stuff like you know the wall and all like that like a kind rap of stuff. about kipchoge i'm trying not to rap <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should really try not to rap. <laughs> I'm trying not to rap. Uh, okay. But anyway, so that's something to look... I think I'm going to say look forward to or I'm looking fear. forward to that more than the marathon ring. Well, thank you very much. You haven't. <laughs> you, Any, you, clear, you, you clearly haven't heard the song. I'm not sure if anyone... <laughs> I'm not sure if we ever played it or it was one of the jingles. We've played, we've played some bits. So we're to, like, someone's gonna, you're going to have to do some homework here, listener, and dig back into the archive. But Rick has recorded something about the history of the of the marathon. Don't give it all away, Ben. Well, I'm And ju- if you really want to dig back, find the Made in Chelsea episode where Rick's singing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> real true podcast fans will remember that gem that yeah. sort of um, got leaked. So there's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot to look forward to there's this one month. There's one about that's the history of the podcast, and it is, it is in one of the episodes that has gone out many years okay. ago. So, you know, th- there's a sneak peek there that someone can leak. On the internet, leak, leak, leak. The album's leaked. <laughs> Probably not worth leaking. I'll be honest. Um, and Ben, so Jane's um, training for London Marathon. I'm, I'm recording the first ever concert album about the marathon. Yeah. What, what you got? What are you, you going to add to the pot? What am I going to tell you about? Um, I've had a cold, <laughs> uh, okay. and I haven't done any running because every time oh, I move, sweet. anytime I move faster than a slow walk, I tend to cough hor- horrifically. And it's a great time of um, time in the world to be coughing. Yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, it's really, really no, it's, it's really really good to walk along and cough, and then people look at you and you <laughs> kind of have to. Do you, do you qualify it immediately? Yeah, say, I mean, you sort of you look over and you're just a bit like, oh no, it's just a cold. Ha <laughs> ha! No, don't worry, I haven't got the plague. So that's um, that's always something really great that you want to be doing. But no, yeah. I'm gonna go for a run. Well, I love running when it's hot and it's going to be mm. warm. It's going to be a warm yeah, week, yeah. so 
I'll try and get out for a little run and uh, blow away some snotty cobwebs. Lovely. Lovely. Right. Well, on, that, on, that, on that lovely image, Ben, I think we should welcome our, our guest of the week. What do you think? Yes, better than, than my imagery. <laughs> guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio. Or a complete Running seemed an impossible dream for our next guest after she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, but for her, putting one foot in front of the other has powered an amazing journey. Katie Silverthorne, welcome to the Runs World podcast. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. For anyone unfamiliar um, with it, what is multiple sclerosis? Right. Well, multiple sclerosis, MS, comes in lots of different forms. So you get relapsing remitting MS, you get um, primary progressive and secondary progressive um, and I think there is a fourth one as well, which kind of predates relapsing remitting. Um, but that not technically MS, it gets a bit complicated there. And it is where, um, so the so in our nervous system, we have um, myelin sheaths. It's a little bit like the electrical casing on a wire. And what happens, your immune system, for whatever reason that is not really understood, attacks that um, myelin sheath and it's a bit like pulling the plastic pulling the rubber off an electrical wire and it shorts and information doesn't get through properly so you can get every type of possible um, symptom imaginable everything from digestion through to vision through to people get tinnitus and audio problems problems swallowing problems digesting most common problems tend to be um, sensitivity, so feeling things that you can feel in your bodies, um, in your body, in your skin. Pain is a big one. So a lot of random neurological pain in any kind of way and feeling you could ever possibly imagine. So everything from stabbing to I get feeling, I get a feeling like my foot is, I wouldn't really qualify it as pain, actually. I get a feeling like my foot is in a bowl of porridge. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it's, so it doesn't really hurt. It's just really weird. <laughs> but I'm so used to it. It yeah. doesn't cause me alarm anymore. So you can get strange bodily feelings. Um, lots of people do lose the ability to move their limbs properly. It can do pretty much anything mm. that you could imagine because it's your nervous system right. and anything can happen. Yeah. And within those three, let's keep it to three versions of of it. Mm. Is, is, is there sort of ease severity in different sort of scales of of suffering? Um, well, it varies from person to person because right. it's ne- it's never the MS is not the same for any two people. It will be right. different. My experience of MS will be different to somebody else's. So, generally speaking, and bear in mind, I'm not a neurologist and I'm not really an expert. Is um, relapsing remitting. MS is usually where it starts. So what happens with that is you get what's known as a a relapse or a flare. Well, a relapse is where you get new symptoms. So something new that has not happened to you before is classified as a relapse. And then in theory, you get better from it, hence the relapsing remitting. So it flares up and then you get better. But what also happens within that is you get, so relapse is a new and exciting um, problems that you have flares are just the same old problems that you had before (laughs) Um, but coming up to raise their ugly head but it's not really a relapse because it's just the old lesions in your brain or your spinal column so what happens when your um, when your immune system attacks these myelin sheaths is it leaves plaques 
and it gets like it's sort of like calcified hard stuff that the signals can't get through so what happens is you can be left with problems that you that you experience from that relapse it doesn't mend itself properly and you can be left with those same problems before so that's relapsing remitting then you get secondary progressive so sometimes relapsing remitting turns into secondary progressive which means there are no longer any more relapse uh, remittance it's just relapse 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 flare 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 and you are just sick on a constant never ending basis yay and then you get um, primary progress progressive which is you get your first major relapse and then that's it and then that's primary progressive it just it it then progresses as secondary progressive would do but it just continues as primary and you never get that you never go through that relapsing remitting stage and when did you realize you what were the kind of signals that you were suffering from ms or is that the right word you had ms i guess yeah so it was um nearly so we have to go back 22 years <laughs> ago it's a really long time i was 18 and I, I got numbness in my right hand um, and that stayed around for about two weeks and then it went and then about three or four months later I got numbness in my right hand again and again it stayed around for two or three weeks and it went and I went to the doctor and they said that I had a trapped nerve in my back and that it would fix itself and it did uh, it went away it went away until I was 23 and I never had any other symptoms as far as I can remember when I sort of tried to look back to my early 20s and my late teens. There was nothing particular that I could put my hands on. And then when I, um, when I was 23, I started to get numbness in my left foot. And over the course of two or three weeks, the numbness in my left foot um, it run, ran up my entire body. So it's my whole leg, the whole of the left-hand side of my body, all of my arm, not my hand. The left hand side of my face like you could have drawn a line down the middle of me like exactly across to where you could where I had normal sensitivity and desensitized so it wasn't numb as in completely paralyzed it was what's known as desensitized and that um, desensitization comes with a lot of pain so if you touch the skin where you're desensitized you get shooting pains that go through it it's a little bit like when you sat on your foot and it's gone to sleep and then you get off your foot and it's waking up and you stand and you go, oh, good grief, that's painful. It's like that, yeah. <laughs> so, but everywhere and it's really unpleasant. <laughs> Combined with that, my balance um, was shot so I couldn't stand up very easily without falling over. And um, I had dropped foot, which means that your foot sort of hangs down and you, can't, you, you lose the ability to lift your toes up properly. Um, oh, and fatigue was oh god just crippling fatigue you could sleep 23 hours a day and like literally and that's not an exaggeration you get up to wee to eat and then you go back to bed to do more sleeping because it's exhausting just constantly so that was when I was 23 and I was then diagnosed um when I was 24 uh, sort of the, it was about a year later because there was such a long wait and I was ill for ages and there was a long wait to see neurologists and I was diagnosed by an MRI and looking at all the you can see like white lesions in your brain and your spine. You go, oh, look, <laughs> there's my brain. <laughs> it's not exciting. <laughs> it's like, wow, <laughs> it was really interesting. <laughs> but um, it's like, it's not meant to have those little sweeties on it, is it? No, <laughs> no, it's not. So yes, that was that. What was it like those early 
days and weeks after the diagnosis because it's obviously it's, it's a it's a life-changing um discovery that isn't it i mean h- how did you feel and how did you kind of come to terms with um having ms so because i had been undiagnosed for many many months and i had been very sick without any idea of what was wrong with me um and the idea I think what happens uh, when you're sick with no idea what's wrong with you is you'd start to think it's all in your head because there's nothing that anybody can see. And so there's nothing. There's Literally, I looked fine until I tried to stand up, walk or do anything or speak because I was so exhausted I couldn't string a word together, couldn't string a proper sentence together. And when I finally got my diagnosis, I was actually just relieved. I was like, oh, thank goodness, this is not all in my head. So first off, I can rule out I'm not going mad And that was really, really made me feel quite happy that I wasn't going mad. I was like, yes, this is good. Um, But then it was like, oh, hang on a second. I've got MS now. Mm. What does that mean? So I then had to Mm. really try to understand what that meant. And 20 years ago, it was very different to being diagnosed now. Um, Well, I wasn't diagnosed. I was diagnosed 17 years ago, actually. So 17 years ago, it was very different. Um, There weren't there wasn't the access to information that we have now. Now, all you have to do if you want to know about something, you just Google it. Well, it didn't exist then. Uh, you couldn't just Google it. Uh, I didn't even have a computer in the house. There was no smartphones. You wanted to know anything. You had to go to the library. There was, it was just, there was nothing. So there was no access to information, um, which, you know, is good and bad, depending on how you look at it, because sometimes we can over-Google our symptoms and then become convinced we've got every possible thing under yeah. the sun. <laughs> oh, yes. But, yeah, <laughs> everybody's experienced. Don't Google yeah. symptoms. It's never a good idea. No, it's terrible. Um, and... Uh, but then also there were very few treatments. There was no drugs. There was no. So now there is a lot of what are known as DMTs, which are disease-modifying um, treatments, and there's there's a lot of them now. And there's loads and loads of options for people who are newly diagnosed. When I was diagnosed, there weren't any options. So uh, I sort of I am bear in mind. So I did get better-ish from that initial relapse. But what happened, I was still intermittently numb down my left-hand side. My balance was still ruined. I was very, very fatigued. Not as fatigued as I had been. I was still in a lot of pain and I still had dropped foot. So I could walk. Yes, I could walk. I could always walk. But it was slow and ponderous and exhausting and hard. And I tripped over constantly because of my stupid foot was hanging down. So, um. You know, when I sat then and asked the um, the nurse, I said, okay, so I've got a mess. What, what, when am I going to get better was my question. And she said, well, dear, you're not going to get better. And I remember just sitting there going, ah, I don't think so. And I just couldn't have that as my future. And I believed her because what else was I going to do other than believe her? But I thought there has to be a way to get well. I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand what it was, but I just thought, no, I've got to get better than this. I'm not well enough. I'm 24 by that point, 24 years old, and I can't hike anymore. I was just like, this is not, like, I can't walk properly. I could walk, but it wasn't, I wasn't going to be hiking up mountains, and I definitely was not going to be running. That was not for many years. So it was really hard. It was very hard to swallow. Um, But what it does do is it makes you um, decide what you really, really want in life. And don't mess about. <laughs> like you don't need to wait until you retire to do what you want to do. You don't need to wait until some magical point in the future where the stars align and everything is right. You just think, actually, I'm just going to do it now. If it doesn't work out, I'll just try something else. <laughs> so you stop messing about, I think. 
You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're obviously exhausted, numb, in pain, uh, all the all the classic symptoms of a race. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, running seems like a very natural fit. No, when did how you know you're at this point where the diagnosis has been something that you know, as the nurse has said to you, this is this is not going away. Yeah. Um, when does running come into this then? If you're you know because everything you've said so far is 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 debilitating, and running is the and you need as much energy as you've got to get into it. Yeah. So. Lots of things led me to being able to run, and um, it was no one thing. But because we don't have uh, five days to discuss this, (laughs) I will very briefly, (laughs) I will very, very briefly. um, So first off is being able to listen to your body, and that's really important. So that means when you're listening to your body, we're not drinking drinking too much caffeine so that we're artificially, um, artificially, you know, G'd up, Uh, not too much sugar same reason and also sugar is just really bad for you full stop um being able to actually rest and relax and turn off and stop is really important um in whatever way that works for the individual so i like meditation and i like tai chi and i like things like that but if you don't then just read a book just sit down relax rest turn your brain off stare at the birds you know i like i like building towers of stones on the beach you know whatever it is that makes you happy um, learn to just listen and stop and rela- rest and relax. Diet has been really important for me as well. What I eat um, has been really changing. So no alcohol. Alcohol was a massive, um, uh, fl- a massive sort of uh, trigger for me. Um, gluten is a huge trigger as well. So I don't eat any gluten. I do eat some things that other people don't eat. So I do eat dairy, but I toy occasionally with the idea of giving it up, but I haven't really found for myself there's a lot of evidence apart from sinusitis so I just think you know it depends but if you don't eat much gluten there's not much call for dairy anyway because <laughs> there's nothing to put your butter and your cheese with You're like, mm. <laughs> I just have a butter lolly it's not quite as exciting yeah. is it um, and then um, I had acupuncture for many many years to start to manage pain and that really changed how I could manage my pain and by being able to give me the so acupuncture gave me 
the boost in energy that I needed and also took away a lot of the pain or helped to manage a lot of the pain so that I could do other things that would then allow me to manage it myself. So once I kind of started to bring all those things together, which is why it took a long time, you don't get to do those things overnight. They don't happen instantaneously. Um, but about I started running about seven years, something like that, as after my daughter was born. And I, um, I, was, I, I just had more, I was getting better. That was really what it came down to. And I had more energy and I was getting better. And I thought, well, I wonder if I can run. And I, there was a couple of false starts and the wrong trainers led to injuries, sore knees, sore ankles, all that kind of stuff. The wrong way of running as well led to the same thing. Um, so then I had gait analysis and I got the right trainers and I did all those sorts of things and actually started to understand how to run. And that made all the difference. And then you get all these wonderful knock-on effects because the fitter you are, the less fatigue you get. So, and you just do. And people with chronic fatigue hate hearing that because doctors tell them constantly um, when they ask, what can I do with my chronic fatigue? And they say exercise. And they what makes you want to smack them in the face because you think I can barely walk up the stairs. <laughs> Why are you telling me to exercise? But of course, you don't. What you don't do is go, I'm going to run 5K today when you can't walk up. So that's not going to happen. So what I did and what I continue to do now, but I, I'm fitter now, so it's, it's less relevant. But I still do it. If I have a flare, I still go back to sort of almost the beginning, not quite, but almost the beginning. Depends how long the flare goes on for. And you run and you walk and you do that for a long time. And you do much more walking than you do running. But the more you do of it, the fitter you get, as we all know. But you just take it really, really slowly and you don't rush. And I do lots of other things that go with it as well. So it's not just running. I do Pilates. I do yoga. I do Tai Chi, as I've mentioned. I also swim. Um, and I do so I do lots of other things. And I'm starting weightlifting now as well. I don't know what's come over me. But yeah, I know I don't feel strong enough in my upper body because none, that doesn't really get um that doesn't get worked on enough. <laughs> yeah. the, ru the runner's upper body, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's, not, um... it's a bit flimsy and I, I could do with it not being quite so flimsy. So it's all about just being as fit as I possibly can be um, at any given time so that when I do flare, which I do, then I don't have so far to fall and you don't fall so far and you recover much faster. I'm sure Ben and Rick will agree you're so amazingly positive. And do you think running and exercise has helped that help you kind of stay in this really kind of positive mindset about your diagnosis? Definitely. So there's lots and lots of things that go with that buoyant mindset. And I can tell you, it's not always positive. Um, anybody who follows me on Instagram will know that it isn't always positive because human brains are not always positive. We have down days as well. But the important thing within our mindset is that we have a buoyant mindset so that we take those knocks and we go, okay, I feel rubbish today, so I'm going to rest. Let's see how tomorrow goes. Oh, tomorrow's still a bit rubbish. Okay, so you have to build into your day ways that make you feel like you still have power and still have control. Even if that is not today running, it doesn't mean tomorrow is not going to be running. It just means right now is not the thing you're going to do. So find things you do like doing. Do you like crafting, creating? Do you like cooking? Are too tired to stand to sit on a bench and cook? cut your bed have your vegetables pre-cut you know there's lots of ways that you can still experience those things that make you feel like you are a connected valuable vital human 
who has a point and a purpose in the world. And it's, it's got to extend into the days that you feel rubbish and the days that you feel good so that you feel purpose. And that is often the problem is that when people get chronic illnesses and they're suddenly really sick and their bodies are failing them, they feel rudderless, purposeless, pointless, a burden. They feel like they've got no place in the world. And it's allowing you to find that place and that purpose. And so, you know, mindset really does make a difference. So there's lots of things that add to my mindset. It's that kind of thing. But also I do a lot of visualization um, of a running healthy body or whatever it is that I want that I want to do. Um, I do a lot of, um, I'm very keen on, I do actually do a lot of talks on mindset for people with chronic illness. <laughs> so, you know, lots, lots of affirmations, um, but meaningful affirmations that are purposeful to you individually, not just I am healthy, I am healthy. That isn't going to do it because you're not healthy. <laughs> you need something that means and speaks to you individually to what you want to be. Um, and lots of journaling and things that just help to root out all the, the sludgy gray rubbish that we carry around with us and let it go <laughs> and just release it and become the most easy and free flowing person that you can be whilst maintaining that buoyant mindset. <laughs> ah, sounds good. Um, on the running front, do you have a, a kind of standout proudest moment? Oh, goodness me. Um, so my most proud my you know what actually a couple of years ago I ran across the seven bridge and it was a 10k run and that's still the furthest that I ever do I never run further than 10k because <laughs> it's just I can't I don't have the um I don't actually I don't have the desire to run any further than 10k and I don't I that might change so never say never I sort of started to think oh maybe a half marathon would be nice or something but I'm not convinced that it's the right move for my body so I don't like to put my body under too much stress. I always like to finish whatever exercise I'm doing with plenty of energy in the batteries afterwards so that I'm not completely ruined. And I'm not fit enough to do any further than that yet. And I still haven't got to being any fitter than that. But running that first 10K was, I was so proud of myself and it was wonderful. My daughter was there. She was about three, I think, at the time or something like that. And I was just like, it was wonderful coming across that bridge. I was like, yeah, I was so, that last bit was so hard as well. Cause it then went up the ramp to get what you would go up the ramp to get back onto the bridge. And there was like a long hill at the end. I was like, this is so mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, this a hill. I haven't practiced on hills. <laughs> I go round a marina. <laughs> and then, yeah, so, uh, you know, so that has got to be my, I was just like, oh yeah, this is brilliant. I can do this. But actually every time I run after I have a flare up, I feel just mm. as proud as I did then because every time my legs are still doing it and every time I'm still moving, I feel thoroughly pleased with myself. <laughs> it's really, um, it's really interesting the way you just sort of the, uh, the way that you approach it and the way that you view it all and especially sort of in context to um, most people would be like, I've got to, I've got to empty my tank in this race. I've got to mm. do it this way. And obviously MS for you means that if you do that, the recovery is, I, I, I don't know if it's much weeks more significant. And weeks and weeks right. and weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so running is very much a therapeutic uh, sort of tonic, to you say, rather than this sort of like be all and end all must complete no. to, my, to my detriment. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't have any, um, any sense of ego in relation to the running. Um, and I look at lots of other people. I follow loads of runners on Instagram and I, I, I'm astounded at how fast they go. I just, I can't believe that any human body can go that fast. And then I go, I should go faster. And they go, 
I won't go faster. I'll go exactly the speed I need to go because this is what my body needs me to do. I run because it makes me feel good. That's the only reason to run. Like, as far as I'm concerned, there's no other reason to run. It's because it makes me feel good. There's no competition within it. There's no competition with myself. I don't even, if I look at my watch and I've gone four and a half kilometers and I go, yeah, I've done enough now. I don't go, just push to five. I go, no, I've done enough. You know, And it's like, and that's listening to your body. And it's being able to listen to your body and actually being able to step away and go, no, I think, you know, I won't run any more than this. This is a good time to stop. There you go, Jane. I'm going to... Re- I'm going to record that and play it on repeat. Jane cannot leave a... a the digit has, has to be to complete be, on a run. It has to be five or be zero. A, I'm sorry. I'm, can't be I'm a control freak. The little things I cling on to. But I need to listen to that. I'm going to record that and play it to myself. <laughs> well, I think it depends why you run, doesn't it? What is, what is its purpose for you? Why do you run? Yeah, I run because I'm a control freak. So that was... <laughs> <laughs> that's why wow what a hard look at myself on a podcast on a monday afternoon (laughs) sorry i'm sorry i mentioned it edit me out um (laughs) no but it's amazing i think that's that's a that's a message a message that we've always we've 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 mentioned a hundred times before, but we'll all always mention again that the, the pure enjoyment of it is really the the be all and end of all. And if you get to do a race and you do well in that race, that's great. But really, running running should be that wonderful thing that sort of gets you out the door and makes you feel good. It's freedom, isn't it? Yeah. It's just absolute freedom. And I like to run. I don't always run with no music or no podcast. Sometimes I like to run just totally with nothing, mm. and I find that just wonderful. Yeah, you I'm just the same. run, and all you do is you just. You don't think about, I don't think about anything really. And then suddenly I get a wonderful illuminating thought. And I go, I'm a genius. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time I've got home, I've forgotten what my genius thought was. But there was a genius thought there. <laughs> I often just think this is quite hard. That's also, that's, that's maybe my... <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Maybe run slower. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's not what you're supposed to say, is it? They run slower. No, I'm fine with that. That's great advice. <laughs> become finally katie what would be your message to anyone else who's suffering from multiple sclerosis or other serious conditions who might be um thinking about running but but worried that that it might not be for them well um running i certainly with any exercise find something that brings you joy whatever that is because you're not going to want to keep doing it if it doesn't make you happy it doesn't matter how much you think that you it like unless you love it you won't keep doing it if it's especially running because it rains a lot and you know we're often muddy and cold and wet and sweaty and you wonder why you're there but it's because it brings you joy um so find something whatever it is that brings you joy also start really really slowly whatever you're doing don't go at it gung-ho learn to listen to your body and also, certainly with things like MS, don't just assume that because you're sick today that you're going to be sick tomorrow. Um, if I scroll back 15 years, I would assume that my future now would be a wheelchair and you know, certainly no running, certainly no mountain hiking and all the other very many things that I do. But that's not how it's turned out to be. And so you can't always assume that tomorrow is going to be as you think it's going to be. And that runs in all directions, of course. Um, but you don't have to assume that you're going to be ill. And you can t- I think there's lots of things that we can take control of. Um, but find the thing that really brings you joy and do that and just do loads of it. <laughs> Katie, thanks so much for, uh, for your time and coming on the Runners World podcast. Um, 
My pleasure. Thank you for having me. If anyone wants to uh, get in touch with you and talk about uh, multiple sclerosis, where can they go? The best place to find me is on Instagram. And I am um, MS underscore is underscore my underscore superpower. So MS is my superpower on Instagram. You can also find me on my website, uh, katiesilverthorne.co.uk. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Thanks very much to our guest, Katie, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to Runners World magazine and get three issues for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash runnersworldpodcast to get this exclusive listener offer. Or dive straight in, get yourself a year's subscription, and then just kick back and relax and read some of that sweet, sweet running magic. (laughs) Um, you can listen to the Runners World UK podcast on Acast, iTunes and all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK and click subscribe. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.